0: Have your sports curiosity cured? Hits the trailer at home, back to Bouchard, on to Drysaddle.
1: Seal broken. Drysaddle.
0: A veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Makes a move through doming. dishing off to Yanmark. Make the drive. McLeod in front. Score. Game tied. There's the death goal. Derek Ryan has the equalizer. Brand new game. Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Shot redirects to rebound. The cloud waiting, shooting, scoring. The go-ahead goal. Ryan McLeod. 305
2: to play.
0: Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show.
2: Here we go for Salt 92, January 17th. Still a little chilly out there. Mine is 21 coming into the studios here at West Edmonton Mall and Sports 1440. Thanks so much for joining us on 1440 AM, all our other platforms on iHeartRadio and all the apps in uh, sports1440.ca. So glad you could check in with us on a Wednesday morning where the Oilers are red hot, continue to be Smoking hot. 11 straight wins after a 4-2 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. That's the second longest winning streak among the Canadian teams in NHL history. And the atmosphere in Rogers' place last night was absolutely electric. Something about when you can beat the Leafs. And, you know, we had a, a couple of texts come in yesterday saying... Oh, you know, I haven't I haven't been able to see the Oilers beat the Leafs, you know, in front of fans for a while at Rogers. I uh, had a victory in the COVID days, but it was just electric in there. Right off the hop, the the chance from each side and maybe it's I don't know, it just feels so much better to beat the Leafs at home maybe than any other team and you can talk about the rivalries that the Oilers have with the Calgary Flames and Vancouver's turned into a pretty good rival rivalry, the LA Kings, obviously with the playoffs, now the Vegas Golden Knights, but something about beating the Leafs at home where it just felt so good last night for the city, for the fans, for the team, and Leaf fans were very disappointed going home. You know, over this 11-game winning streak, the Oilers, I believe it's, if you count yesterday with an empty netter, take the empty netter off the board. That would be six one-goal wins in the streak uh, if you take the empty netter away. Seven of them comeback wins. So they're finding ways to stay in the game. It's not, I mean, they gave up the goal, uh, the first goal for the fourth straight game. That's tough. Uh, You're kind of chasing a little bit, but to give up two goals against a nine out of the 11 wins. Stu Skinner. What can you say about Stu Skinner? He has been absolutely phenomenal. The Duke of Delburn had him uh, on an in or out as he joined the Vezina conversation on Monday. We had him around five or six. I mean, maybe he's at four or five right now. He is just playing so well last night. 26 saves. He's 15-2 and in his last 17 games. And again, Toronto just... Pisses away a lead, the third period. They've gone; uh, they five, uh, five out of seven games. Five out of their seven losses, uh, leading by two or more goals, and they failed to nail it down yesterday. But full marks to the Oilers for pressing, pressing, pressing. That game last night. There were times over the course of the whole over the course of the whole game where we've never seen it like this before, where both sides had numerous extended offensive zone pressure for one, two, three shifts, and the other team kind of didn't really have an answer. Both goalies were forced to make amazing saves, but just a flat-out super game. It was great to be a part of the atmosphere, great to see a win. 11 in a row now the Oilers can go for a dirty dozen against Seattle tomorrow. Uh, The Duke of Delburn was at the game with the big Cebolla, Big Leafs fan, the Big Ceboya, in the, case our listeners don't know, but the
0: Big Ceboya, a good friend of mine, uh, in town and? for what the, was it uh, like? It, what it was, was it like? So that was my first time going to uh, an Oilers Leafs game, yeah. um of virtually any capacity, let alone here at uh, at Rogers Place. So it was it was really cool. Obviously the kind of back and forth um of Go Oilers Go and, and Leafs chance. Mm-hmm. It was Pretty tough to sit beside Denton for the first couple <laughs> periods. Uh, between, well, uh, I would think
2: just the first three four minutes would be tough.
0: Well, that, that I'll, I'll be honest. So I uh, I had a little action sprinkled around the game last night, including an Austin Matthews goal. So that oh, getting out of the way right off the hop okay. teed up the rest of my day for nothing but success uh, with the Oilers mm-hmm. uh, uh, successfully pulling off the comeback. Um, it's a shame the Zach Hyman goal got pulled back because what it was a
2: nicest goal
0: that, that was unbelievable yeah. uh, in Titan. You know, driving to the hard areas. I'll be honest with you, Kevin. The atmosphere was great. I, once I got home and kind of jumped onto Twitter, it was all the buzz across social media, mm-hmm. you know, videos of these uh, back and forth chants for each team. Uh, I thought Stuart Skinner was the first star of that game. Last well, he night. was.
2: I was, he, he, I don't know. We'll have Louis DeBrusque <laughs> on later and I don't know if Louis picked the stars if he, last if night. If
0: he picked the stars last night, um, yeah. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Ryan McLeod with yeah. a great game, the goal, the assist on uh, Derek Ryan's tally as well. But like Skinner, obviously, the numbers don't pop off mm-hmm. at you with the total. Like, he's not like he made 40 saves or anything, but some of the timeliness of the saves. And there's a couple, uh, one in particular in the second period, kind of a, a turnover right inside the zone, a mini mm-hmm. two on one, comes across and makes a great save with the glove. Like, that could have been the, the hockey game right there uh, to go down, I think, I think two if, or three uh, nothing. You might
2: be thinking, is it the, the one in late in the first on Pontus Holberg? That's the one, Connor McDavid. Like uh, he was. Stripping. Oh
0: yes, that was yep. late
2: late in the first. Pontus uh, Pontus Holmberg, uh, it was set up by by Matthews. Yes. Matthews came back and just sort of lifted the stick on Connor McDavid. Yeah, came in, bang bang, and it was a, and and Skinner got a, a, a glove on it. But then you know the other one was. Uh, uh Nylander had a breakaway. Breakaway, and shoulder, you know, crossbar. Just like Cal Pickard the other day. Yeah. You know, two posts in that one. But it was a phenomenal atmosphere, as you say. It was fun to be a part of. And, uh, you know, just to see the Oilers weather the storm a little bit, but full marks to the Leafs. They came out really hard the first three, four minutes. And, you know, as you say, uh, Austin Matthews gets you your little sprinkle Right off the hop. Uh, if you want to send us a text, what did you think of the game last night? 1-833-401-1440. one 401 1440 That goal was tough because Matthews did the old switcheroo with uh, Mitch Marner, and then he swoops around just flies by right by Zach Hyman, who's probably going uh, to Evan Bouchard. Bouch, there's your guy, your guy, your guy, and a perfect pass seam. But Bouchard didn't have his head on a swivel; was probably uh, doing a little puck watching. And I mean, that's a that's a world class goal by a great great shot by uh, in in the same sense of uh, Matthews being one of the best uh, shooters in the league. Uh, Mark. Text in, one Do you start Skinner in all three games this week? Personally, I'm saying no. And I said this at the beginning of the month. I'm playing Cal Pickard every Thursday night game this month. So he'll play against Seattle. Skinner comes back and plays in Calgary on Saturday. Then he plays against uh, Chicago, uh, Columbus, pardon me, I think, next week to start off the three games at home before The uh, All-Star break, and then once again on Thursday against Chicago, that's when Cal Pickard goes back in. Stu Skinner plays the final game before the All-Star break. That's my personal preference, what I would do. Again, Cal Pickard's deserved it. The Oilers play well in front of them, and that's just kind of how I would do. Even though the Oilers, again, they have 10 days off after their final game against Nashville the following Saturday, next Saturday. And that's a lot of time off, but... I think at this time of the year, you'll take it because of the Oilers' schedule coming down the stretch. they got a lot of games to make up. You know, that save on Holmberg, it was one nothing at that time. And the Oilers had a lot of giveaways. Like, you know, Evander Kane had tons of giveaways last night. Uh, I, you know, I thought he had a little bit of jump. He, he failed to finish probably two or three chances that he thought he would have been able to score, especially... You know, in the third period, it's two-two, and Vander Kane breaks in really hard, and the puck just rolled off his stick. Had the whole bottom uh, left pad spot on Martin Jones all wide open, but uh, man, oh man, uh, that that was an opportunity where you went, are we going? Are the Oilers going to get another chance? And then when you uh, another key play by our, our, our key moment in the game was Chris Knoblock uh, on the three-two goal. The Oilers are on the ice, and Toronto ices the puck. Morgan Riley iced the puck. Connor McDavid stayed on the ice. Leon Dreisaitl came out. Ryan McLeod came out. The Oilers pinned the Maple Leafs in their own zone, and there was a good little dust-up in the corner between McLeod and McDavid. Cody Cece with the shot. Puck off the end boards, and Ryan McLeod comes out. And then Connor McDavid... Standing in front of that, he was gassed. He was totally out of gas, but he's standing in front of the net with Austin Matthews, who's not really pushing him out of the way, kind of just letting him stand there, and that's the 3-2 win, and the Oilers go on with an empty netter. Wasn't the empty netter cool, Duke? It just kind of just creeped over the line, eh?
0: Perfect draw was away. The, yeah. Perfect draw away, right on the button pretty <laughs> if, well. It would
2: have been icing if it was wide. Yep. So, but just perfectly done. Text 1833401. Fourteen forty. Anthony in the hat says, what a great game that was. I got to say the Leafs rolled in with so much baggage. Feel good to beat them at home. Oiler fans held their own with the chance to Anthony in the hat. Uh, Gordon D. Good morning, KK. Always feels good when the Oilers beat the Leafs. Uh, but the best part was when all the Leafs fans went home disappointed stair farmer with his morning chime morning roll call or morning boys uh, oilers pull off a win toronto loses again hooray let's go oilers so just the way the game played out i thought uh again patience the oilers have that opportunity to to not get away from their game a lot they they stayed in it stayed in the fight toronto at times was the better team the oilers at times were the much better team. I I was, both teams were just, you know, they were throwing shots at each other. It was it was, you know, jab, jab, uppercut, uh, hook. They were throwing shots at each other and it was it was a fantastic hockey game. It was one of the best games that we've seen at Rogers Place for a long long time. Raw dog Reed. <laughs> Love how Matthews moved out of the way of Clowder's shot instead of trying to block it. No dog in him. Well, Austin Matthews is a world-class player. There's no denying that. I think at that that sense, at that point of that shift, both Matthews, because they were on a long time, and McDavid had basically nothing left in the tank and were just kind of standing there and were bystanders watching the rest of the play. I would say both had been out for, I don't know, a minute and a half, minute 20. So nothing left really to give at that point. Could have pushed... McDavid out a little bit more, boxed out, giving uh, Martin Jones a chance to see the puck on the McLeod shot. Uh, Doug says, hey, Kevin, tickled pink to see the oil pull one out. Of the fire, kudos to the team. They got a little lucky. That game could have been 4-0 in the first period. Double kudos to Skinner, old school hockey. Doug, agree 100%. Stair Farmer says all four lines for the Oilers were playing hard in the third period too. jam Pack show, and we are going to digest... And look at this Oilers victory tonight. Their last nine, eleven straight wins. Uh, Now, you know they're just they're one point back of LA with a game in hand. Uh, In nine straight games at two goals or less. I mean, everything is going right right now for this team. Derek Van Dyece from NHL.com will join us at 7.20. Mark Spector at 8 o'clock on the mark for Booster Juice. Shayna Goldman from The Athletic is our headliner of the day. She will join us at 8.20 for Mr. Reuter. Our Wednesday co-host every Wednesday is David Schlemko, the former NHLer for Cougar, Paint, and Collision. It's time to start talking uh, NFL Great 8. Cordell Woodland from 105.7, the fan. He covers the Baltimore Ravens. He will... Uh, Guest with us at 9.20. Of course, we'll have in or out. And then at 10.20, Big Lou, Louis DeBrusque, Oilers analyst in our game of the day for St. Albert Dodge. Uh, Big Lou will join us at 10.20 uh, with Schlemmer. Talk about uh, the game last night. Louis and I, if maybe you don't know, have gone on, well, I don't know, maybe four, five, six fishing trips. Lots of, lot of stories on the old fishing trips couple up uh, west of, uh, well, northwest of here, couple east of here, pulling out probably. If I told you, Duke, that went to a place, we've gone to a place many times. Two full days of fishing, 10 guys, yank out between 35, well, about 3,000 walleye in two days. That's a That's lot fishing. of fish. That's fishing.
0: You got, like, do you got, like, uh, in your adventures, with Louis ever like ventured down like into the uh, the o like uh, Pacific, no, Gulf, uh, anything like that?
2: Louis has. Louis's yeah. f- fished and hunted everywhere and on the planet pretty well. You know, there's it's Frontier Fremont with him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk with Louis about uh, some of that uh, at uh, ten twenty when we come back. Derek Van Deest from NHL.com, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. I was just so excited. When I when I heard another one bites the dust, I, I think of Derek Van Deest. That's what I think about. I just think about That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is uh, more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome in Derek, Van Deest, Derek Van Deest from NHL.com. Morning, DVD. You like that intro tune there to get her started?
1: That's a great tune. That's a great fired-up tune, isn't it? You ah. just get fired up listening to that. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a tune that I think, you know, a lot of high school sports teams play to kind of get, get going and get fired up. Or, or, or at least after they win a game. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure DVD, but I think it was the 94 Montreal Expos that first started playing it. Okay. I think it was Warren Cromarty who... Really got the ball rolling on that. Might have to do a deeper dive. We'll get Donovan, the intern, on that one. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, that was a lot of fun last night. What do you think of the game?
1: You know what? It's always fun when the Leafs or the Canadians or one of those original six, uh, the, the Blackhawks, one of those original six teams comes to town because there's a lot of fans still. There's a lot of Leafs fans in the building last night, and it was a good atmosphere. Fans are going back and forth with each other. Um, and it had a, a playoff feel to that to that game, I think both teams uh, the owners obviously didn't want to end the streak to the Maple Leafs, I think there's a little added motivation there, yeah. with uh, so many guys coming from the Ontario area, they didn't want to that streak to end to Toronto, and Toronto's a desperate hockey team, uh, they came in losing three in a row, suddenly they're sliding they were kind of rolling for a long time there and things are so tight in, in you know the, uh, the playoff race, suddenly they're a four game losing streak, and and things are are going south. So they were a pretty desperate hockey team. They got a lot of good hockey players on that team. There, I thought it was a fantastic game, and I thought the owners played extremely well, extremely patient. Uh, and they kind of leaned on on the Maple Leafs, knowing that they were playing their third game in four nights, and they had traveled across the country to get here. So um, I think you know, in, in the end, the owners did uh, had a, a good game plan after falling behind two nothing, came back and and uh, grinded out another impressive victory.
2: Derek Van deest with us on Sports 1440. The start that Toronto had, I mean, it should have been really 2-0. Uh, Bertuzzi hits the post on that quick the little deflection. Uh, the Oilers didn't have an answer for Toronto's start, but could you believe the amount of times the game swayed back and forth for kind of extended periods of time in each offensive zone?
1: Yeah, I think both teams took turns controlling the offensive zone. I, I was really impressed with the pace, especially early on. They were going back and forth, and... Tell you what, you watch a lot of Leafs games on TV, but until you get to see them live, you really get a sense of how quick they have, how quick of a team they have. They can skate, they can get up and down the ice as well as the others can. And when you put two teams together like and skate as well as they do, that was a you know a great first period. Uh, you know, just back and forth. I thought the pace of the game was great, but yeah, there were times there where each team was pinned in their own zone, and I think that just had to do with kind of the line combinations, the line matchups. If you got caught out there with your fourth line uh, against the first line, you know, that could be trouble for for your team. And there's lots of stretches, especially there in the second period where, the, where you have the long change. Teams get caught in their zone, and it's tough to get out of that, especially when you have a kind of a, a bad rotation on the ice uh, against a, a line that kind of dominated But, yeah, they did take turns. Um, I thought it was like a heavyweight fight. They took turns swinging and punching. And, and you're right, there was luck uh, on the other side because I think uh, – Niedlander hit a crossbar as well on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. So you look at Bertuzzi in a post, Niedlander hit a crossbar, kind of kept the owners in the game. Stuart Skinner had another really, really strong outing. Um, I don't think anyone is, is uh, you know, looking at the owners' goaltending as, as something that they need to improve anymore. I think they're looking at Stuart Skinner going, okay, this guy's a legitimate number one goaltender mm-hmm. and he's playing some really, really good hockey right now. And I think, that exudes
2: confidence in the rest of the team. What about uh, Stu Skinner on, uh, well, at least twice that I, you know, at least twice, one was on the, the fourth line with Camp uh, and, and Gregor and uh, McCann. Um, really hard played down by the goalpost, and Skinner twice had to have his leg out and made fabulous saves on trying jam attempts. His strength down low is as good as anyone in the game. What do you think of that? Yeah.
1: No, I agree with that. He's a big guy. He's a big, strong guy. Um, and, and he does. He's able to kind of hold his crease. They, they, at least went hard to the net last night. And Tavares mm-hmm. ran him over once. Then he was, uh, you know, he, he sat on once with a uh, drive to the net. But he does have that strength. He's got that lower body strength where he can kind of like, put those pads out. And, and it's tough to get through him. And I think he's, he's a big, strong goaltender. You know, we talk to him, he's a big guy. Yep. But he's not a slight guy. Like, he's a pretty solidly built guy. Uh, I think, which, which gives him that, that that, that basically, that strength. And, and asking him last night, we were talking to him last night, and and uh, we asked him what the difference was between carrying the load last year and carrying the load this year. And he said he, he's learned a lot about taking care of his body and getting his rest uh, and doing those things. And, and he just seems a bl- lot more confident carrying the load this year. That last year, he may have gotten a little tired, and you can kind of sense that you know he's, he, by his fourth or fifth start, uh, he looked a little tired, but right now he looks great. He, he looks like a guy that can keep going. And the owners don't play a lot of back-to-backs, which is what Chris Nablock mm-hmm. said last night. He's like, hey, we can go with this guy for a long time here. We're not afraid of uh, throwing him in here and playing him uh, some heavy minutes.
2: It was an offside goal, but uh, Zach Hyman scored – the nicest goal you'll ever see that wasn't allowed, probably. Uh, it, it it just follows him around. It's like Schlepprock, the cloud coming around him every time there's a disallowed goal. Uh, Zach Hyman's front row and center. But what about the effort to score that goal? One of the most beautiful goals you'll see that wasn't allowed.
1: Yeah, it was a great goal. It was a great finish. And it was funny because you're looking back at the offside, and it did. It took two seconds to realize, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that, that play was about five, four feet offside. Uh, and for some reason, the linesman didn't blow it down. Um, I was just wondering maybe if he wasn't sure what leg it came off with to go back into the zone. Maybe he thought it had come off, uh, you know, a maple leaf leg or something. But it was it was well offside. But, yeah, the finish was fantastic. And you look at a guy like Hyman, and he he's a guy that goes to the net, goes to the dirty areas, bangs in those rebounds, gets those in, And then you forget that, you know what, he's got pretty good hands as well. He's got really good hands. Uh, especially in tight, and that's something he's developed throughout his career. Uh, he wasn't a goal scorer when he was first got to Toronto. He was never a goal scorer, uh, you know, early on in his career. Uh, but he's developed that part of his game, and he's got those great hands in tight. And I think that, that was just a great demonstration of that. And i unfortunate it was offside. I don't think you can debate <laughs> how far offside yeah. that play was. Uh, it should have been blown down at the blue line. And, and you're right. But, but I think when you go to the net hard, when you crash in the net, when you're getting in goaltender spaces, um, you know, you're going to get some disallowed goals. It, like, it seems to follow Hyman around uh, with goaltender interference and things like that and, and, and offsides and things like that. But it was a great finish, and it was probably worthy of the goal itself. But obviously, the play wasn't it was even close. It wasn't even a close, uh, yeah. close offset <laughs> play. It was well offside. So it should have been blown down at the line.
2: Yeah, pretty, pretty goal for sure. Uh, Derek Van Deest, NHL.com, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. The Oilers now with a record of 24-15-1, and, 15 and 1, 49 points, just one back of the LA Kings with a game in hand. Plus, the Oilers are now just six points back of the Vegas Golden Knights with four games in hand. Uh, where do you see this going, uh, you know, heading into the All-Star break and then just uh, after the break as well, DVD?
1: Well, this has been a, a good trend for the Oilers. They're, they're trending up and, and the Kings and Golden Knights are sliding a little bit. they, they they're both trying to find the Kings and trying to find some traction. I think Cam Talbot, their goalie, was having a great season, and now he's you know he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, and so have the Los Angeles Kings. I think they were punching above their weight early on in the season, and they were playing kind of above themselves. And I think right now you're seeing kind of what you expect out of the Los Angeles Kings. They ended it. I think it was an eight game losing streak the other night yeah. in in Raleigh, beating the Carolina Hurricanes. And, and and so that's really opened the door for the Oilers here to, to jump over some teams. And, and when you look at where the Oilers were, they were last in the conference, uh, you know, 12 games into the season. And they had to jump over everyone to get into a playoff spot, and they've done that. And uh, they're obviously the hottest team in the league, and, and you're looking at Los Angeles now. Yeah, they can reel them in, get into, you know, third spot in the Pacific Division, and, and the Golden Knights are probably next. And I think that maybe is providing some motivation for the owners, they're seeing the teams above them. They're picking them off one by one. Uh, they just climbed over the National Predators. or are tied in points, but they got more wins than the Predators with four games at hand. And so, yeah, I think that's providing motivation for the owners as well. They dug themselves a really, really deep hole starting in the season, and, and they're doing a great job of climbing out of it. Um, what are they, 19-3 mm-hmm. in their last uh you know, 22 games. So they're, they're, they're doing what they needed to do to climb out of it. And as bad as the start was this season that no one saw coming, I think few people could have seen uh, the orders playing the way they are right now uh, after the coaching change. And I think that's just a lot of credit to this coaching mm-hmm. staff, a lot of credit to the players, a lot of credit to, to everyone to be able to turn this thing around. Uh, in such a quick uh, manner.
2: You know, DVD, I said when there was the change, uh, and I got this feeling after talking to a lot of people within the organization that the players were not happy with the coaching change, but they were happy with the coach that was coming in. I don't know if that kind of makes sense to you with everything that happened because it was such a dark time in the organization, but the job that Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey has done here uh, has been nothing short of remarkable with settling things down and uh, getting the confidence back. That's probably the number one thing is getting the confidence back within this group.
1: Oh, for sure, and you're absolutely right there, Kevin, because – the, the, they did not want Jay Woodcroft fired. They, this is something that Jay Woodcroft did not lose the room in any way. The owners, they blamed themselves. The players blamed themselves. They didn't think it was the coaching staff's issue. They liked playing for Jay Woodcroft. They liked playing for Dave Manson. They thought that you know they left him down. They let those two guys down. Uh, but coming in here, uh, Chris Knobloch is such a, a cerebral, mellow guy. He doesn't seem to get rattled by anything, and I do think that – you know, that kind of goes through the rest of the team. When your coach is not rattled, when your coach is, is behind the bench and he's calm, he's got that calm demeanor, and he's not yelling and screaming at the refs, and he's not getting upset, and he's not freaking out when the team gives up a goal on the first shot of the game, He just that exudes among the rest of the team. And I think it's a really good lesson for a lot of coaches out there, a lot of young coaches, to see that, hey, you need to kind of be calm because your team's going to follow that lead. So if you're out there screaming and yelling at the referees, or if you're losing your mind behind the bench, or if you're freaking out because something hasn't gone your way, that's going to reside to the entire team, and it's not going to help you. And I think this is really helping out the Edmonton Oilers. his calm demeanor. Like, we don't know what he's inside in the room. I don't know. Maybe he lets go of them in the room. But on the bench, he, is, he exudes calmness, and that goes to the entire team. They're not phased by anything now, where early on uh, any any little bit of adversity seems to kind of derail them. Mm-hmm. Now, they'll just, like, bring it on. We can handle it. Uh, yeah, we let, in two go- we let in two goals. We're down to the least. We're getting outplayed here early on, but we're going to come back and rally uh, and come back and win this game, and I think that shows a, a sign of, one, well, maturity, which mm-hmm. is what Leon Dreisaitl said last night, and I, and I think they're really just, you're right, the confidence exuding now. They think they can beat anyone at any time, regardless of how
2: the game is going. Derek Van Diest, our guest on Sports 1440 DVD. You just had a, a recent article on NHL.com regarding the Oilers, I guess, spearheading, um, you know, and, and or, as an organization, spearheading this thing with ALS and Mark Curtin and everything that's been going on. Can you just kind of uh, let our listeners in on uh, that article and kind of what it came about and how it came about and what it's all about?
1: Yeah, Mark Curtin, a former NHL NHL player with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, he lives in Toronto. He was diagnosed with ALS, and ALS has kind of touched the hockey community lately. Obviously, with Chris Snow and Borya um you, you know, both uh, passing away from the disease. Uh, so uh, Curtin put this. You know, he thought, you know, how what, a, what what way can we kind of raise funds and raise awareness uh, for ALS? And so uh, he he got together with Jeff Jackson. They've known each other for a long time. Uh, and they actually started this before Jeff Jackson even joined the Oilers. They thought, hey, what if we can get every a Canadian NHL team on board? And instead of each team working individually, what if we just kind of all work together and we had this super fund? Uh, and, and then we were able to kind of start this initiative, get it throughout the, the, the Canadian teams in the NHL. And they all jumped on board. They said, hey, this is a great cause. We'll all jump on board. We'll all kind of have different ways to raise funds. The Oilers. Uh, donated uh, the funds for from for their 50/50 draws. Obviously, the 50/50 is so popular here in, in Edmonton and in Alberta, uh, uh, and so that's a lot of money towards that fund. And then I think Calgary is doing this, something similar. And then each team in Canada will be doing some sort of fundraising event to try and and and, and raise money for money for 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 ALS for the fight against ALS. And and what Mark Curran said, he said. Every dollar that's raised in Alberta will stay in Alberta. So every, so that you know, so you're, the money is not leaving the province. Uh, there's, you know, plenty of people suffering here in Alberta, and uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. terrible disease. We saw what happened with Chris Snow. We saw what happened with Boris Salming. Um, It's an awful disease, and I think that you know, the, the more money you can get, the more research you can get, the more the more you can try and combat this disease. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's a great cause, a great initiative by the owners. They jumped on board right away, and they hope to kind of maybe, you know, get the whole league involved at some point, Uh, you know, not just the Canadian team. So I wish them the best of luck with that uh, because it's a great cause.
2: Yeah, good cause. Uh, DVD, we started with, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, and we have to end with it because we've got a text in from KFED for you that says, I think they played that song, Another One Bites the Dust at the End of the Cowboys game. You might want to ask DVD <laughs> about that.
1: You know what? They probably going to play that song after the first quarter of that game. <laughs> uh, it was like, are you kidding me? Like it was, yeah, it, you know what? I'm, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan. I've always thought that I didn't like his play calling. I didn't like things when things got tight. Uh, I always thought he was out it was It was too bad. Uh, you know, but the Cowboys, it's uh, I think their slogan is, well, well, we'll get them next year, or next year is our year. Uh, every year is the year for the Cowboys, and it hasn't been their year since the mid-90s. So, uh, yeah, it was disappointing to see. Uh, there was obviously lots of expectations for this football mm-hmm. team. and then, uh, But, you know, I've been a diehard Cowboys fan for, for a long, long time. Growing up here in Edmonton, you'd see them every week on NFL Today. So, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with them, you know, uh, Diehard, you, you, good with the good with the dig <laughs> the good with the bad, and unfortunately for a long years, a lot of years here, it's been more bad than
2: good. Uh, hey, thanks for this DVD. We'll uh, probably see you down at the rink later today.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Kevin.
2: All right, that's uh Derek Van Deest, NHL dot com, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. So that, that song, Duke, you just thought it would be just a, because the orders are on 11-game heater? Is that, is that the... Yeah,
0: I think that was kind oh, of the... Okay. You know, get, the, get the, the blood pumping a little uh, first
2: thing, too. Have you watched Bohemian Rhapsody? I have. It's great, isn't it? That's a pretty good film, yeah. You know. And then, yeah. you know, you see always every team in the league has taken... When they did Live Aid, right? And, you know, uh, yeah. Freddie Mercury's doing that. And now, you know, Hunter's got the mascot, you know, the mascot <laughs> head on the Freddie Mercury body and things like that. Every rink does it pretty well.
0: Oh, oh yeah! Across yeah. all sports, they do yeah. that, that kind of that call and response portion. And I've seen yeah. ones where they like use um, like gophers. They're doing like the <laughs> when they the gopher puzzle of the hole is doing like their warble or their call. But they obviously overlay mm-hmm. the audio from uh, that concert. That's there's lots of ways to keep uh, keep the people in the rink entertained. And I will on that note actually, so that was the first Oilers game I've been to in person this season. Okay, uh, I went to about a handful last year. Um, I think the Oilers have come a long way with their um, in rink kind of atmosphere in, and, and entertainment. Absolutely, like everything from the the vi- like the pregame uh, video montage thing that they have before the Oilers come onto the ice, they they do a great job with it. So I, I got to give props to that because that wasn't always the case with the Oilers mm-hmm. for for a long time. They uh, they took a lot of heat and a lot of crap for whether it was the music selection in game, like you said, some of the um, entertaining things, like even even in the TV timeouts, the way they uh, you know get the fans interacting and do mm-hmm. some games up on the jumbotron and stuff. It was uh, a
2: for a great night downtown the the young boy had a little trouble with the spelling bee that was kid. pretty yeah i felt
0: i felt bad for that like i get you're picking the kids because the spelling bee yeah. thing but like man you're putting these kids on the spot pretty good like well they let
2: them go pretty good they give eight, them a lot of help
0: though 100 you know, so. but even still like think about it, if you're like you've never been <laughs> in that situation you're like 10 years old all of a sudden eighteen thousand people looking at you all at once expecting you to spell mm-hmm. these players names that's, that's pretty nerve-wracking. So uh, props to everyone that's actually willing to do those things and, of course, then to the rest of the fans yeah. helping, them, helping them out. For sure.
2: When we come back, uh, we'll have some sound from the Oilers' locker room following last night's 4-2 win over the Leafs. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Ooh, B.A. 7.40 break, baby. Now we know we've heard that one before, Duke. Kids I think we've heard all
0: Uh, of them at this point. Oh, no, we have.
2: There's no
0: way. He's got more than 91 songs. I know that, but I'm saying in terms of ones that we have in the library here, I think we've played all the, uh, well, the upbeat ones for sure. Played a couple of the Christmas jams as well over the holiday season.
2: Um Corey says, uh, I was born in 1975, he texts into, 1833-401-1440. So I didn't quite hear the original Another One Bites the Dust song. So when I hear that song, I think of the Coffee Crisp commercial that used it. Uh, no one can resist Coffee, Coffee, Crisp, I guess, something like that. I don't. Another One Bites the Dust, I like the song. It's not my favorite Queen song, I don't know. what. Do you have a favorite Queen song, Duke? My favorite Queen song would be... Uh, uh what it, don't stop me now that one That
0: one's that one's really That's good That's
2: got some jumpy to it Jump,
0: I uh yeah. I really like Under Pressure with yeah. David Bowie Um yeah. that one's a, you know the fun little kind of beat there that I believe was then sampled by Vanilla Ice mm-hmm. for his uh one prominent prominent <laughs> song that uh, that everybody's quite familiar with but I like there's lots he like said that Bohemian Rhapsody movie oh, kind of like opens great. your eyes because there's so many songs that have been yeah. um kind of they, they get forgotten a little bit because of obviously the big one, like how much did we hear We Will Rock You mm-hmm. and We Are the Champions like in, in uh, hockey dressing rooms growing what up. It was the anthem song, stuff. right? Right, exactly. Know, so it's What's your uh, favourite
2: Queen song? Send us a text, one 833 1440 Last night, Oilers 4-2 victors over the Toronto Maple Leafs, which, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a heck of a game. It was just a really good game to watch. It was the 200th career point for... Derek Ryan, he's he scored a massive goal. 300th career point for Matthias Ekholm, uh, as he drew an assist earlier in the game. And Stuart Skinner was just magnificent again with 26 saves. Ryan McLeod had a goal and an assist, but Stu Skinner was the main reason. Uh, caught a post there in the, in the first period, could have been 2-0, uh, but made some several key, key saves. The big one, when it was one nothing on uh, Pontus Holmberg to keep it one nothing, and then on the breakaway, caught a piece of the uh, Willie Nylander shot and then went off the crossbar. Uh, Stuart Skinner had this to say following last night's huge 4-2 victory over the Maple Leafs. Uh,
1: just the thought, a way to you know, grind that win out today, just a to good performance ready.
3: Yeah, it was a <laughs> massive two points. Uh, I think we stuck with it through the whole uh, 60 minutes. Again, uh, you know, down going in the third. What does it take to reset when that happens early on in a game like that not just your team but for you to reset from something like that yeah it's been uh I think it's happened the last three or four games in a row we let in the first uh very first shot and then we pretty well shut it down after that so uh for myself it's just there's a lot of game left there's uh so um especially when it happens in the first so just trying to you know refocus get back uh to doing my job and same with the guys in front of me Uh, yeah, the one with uh, Tavares, uh, he was really nice about it afterwards, um, wh- which is nice. But, um, yeah, he kind of just ran into me. I uh, got a piece of my uh, my leg, so kind of just kind of waited a, a couple seconds just because sometimes you don't feel anything from uh, adrenaline. So, uh, but yeah, I was all good. Um, skated it off. And then do uh, you mean the second one so on the breakaway?
1: The, well, the Someone the ended up on your head.
3: Oh yeah, that was a that was just a fight fight for my life to keep the puck uh, <laughs> keep the puck out of the net. So uh, we managed to do it, which was big.
1: That workload you're, you're taking on right now is kind of similar to last year. Did you learn something from last year to be able to kind of take on the workload? The
3: yeah, uh, I learned last year that uh, it's really important to obviously take care of your body. Um, I remember having a conversation with uh, Jack Campbell last year about, you know, playing a lot of games in a row. And, um, you know, after you play a lot, you know, it can be fatiguing on the body. So um, a couple uh, couple tricks up the sleeve to keep the body uh, rested and uh, and uh, just feeling good. And the big thing is sleep. <laughs> Did you get an arm on that knee breakaway? Yeah. Cut cut yeah, I went uh, went off my shoulder, I believe. seemed like you were, uh, I don't know, a could have an aggressive night, but just a night where you were kind of on it, coming out to attack, maybe some of their chances and stuff. Is that the way you have to play against those kinds of shooters? And uh, Really depends on the moment. Um, I think that uh, that involves just kind of knowing uh, the time of the game, um, knowing who's about to shoot it. So uh, a little bit of uh, hockey IQ, I guess you could say, but... Um, yeah, I mean they were making some uh, some really good plays, so you had to stay on your toes for sure. And uh, you got to give a lot of credit to those guys; they played a heck of a game. That was a solid game. Obviously, you won 11, so this team hasn't done that before. But
1: have you ever been in a position where this all the things are working on this team? I mean, the goaltending's good, the PK is awesome, you're coming back every third period, you're never out of a game. I'm not sure we've seen all these elements in one place before, have you?
3: Um, i'm not too sure to be honest i we i mean i remember when Eki got traded over here we were on a incredible heater uh, as well but um just knowing how we feel uh, feel right now as a as a squad i think um uh, you kind of said it like we're just feeling really good and i think that uh a big reason for that is actually how we started um you know being able to come together as a as a team and uh you know no men behind so it's been uh it's been fun uh being able to you know play like this together just
0: follow up button on Mark's question, and not only offense, but it seems like a lot of different guys chipping in.
3: What do you say, I guess, about the, the depth contributions, especially in the third period, to pull you guys ahead? Massive. Uh, we, got, we got four solid lines that have been working. Um, you know, obviously we got uh, got some top dogs, but I think uh, so much credit should be going to the guys in the third and fourth line. Um, I mean, they've, they keep the puck out of the net. They defend hard. Uh, they get the puck in deep. They, you know, they're rolling, uh, and you can tell that they're feeling it too. So that's uh, that's massive for, for every any team.
0: A bit of a different atmosphere. So many Toronto fans out there, I'm just curious, what's it like to – does it change your approach to the game when it feels like a playoff game in January?
3: Uh, yeah, it, it did feel a bit of like a playoff game. It was so loud in there. Um, kind of had a couple uh, – it was a little bit of a reminder of kind of what playoffs was like last year. So uh, it definitely makes it a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah, I'm uh, – I'm glad that we were able to beat, uh, beat Toronto and uh, beat the Toronto fans out there.
2: <laughs> That's Oilers goaltender, Stu Skinner. Big victory last night. Earlier in the year, the Duke of Delburn proposed a, a little uh, uh, in or out. Would Stuart Skinner ever record 35 wins in his career? Well, he's got 19 now, and he's got, uh, what, five more games before the All-Star break. We'll probably play, well, at least three of those games, you would think. So he's got a good chance to get on that uh, 35 game mark, plateau, right, uh, you know, in his first year here, basically, as a full time number one starter. There you go, Duke. You're, again, your Nostradamus angle is just bang on once again.
0: Gonna be close. Yeah. Gonna and, be you know, close.
2: And he was talking about several times. So last night, John Tavares went hard to the net. Andrew Kane took Tavares as he took his stick and just got under the skate blade. That's why Tavares went in hard to Skinner on that one instance. And we touched on it in the 7 uh, o'clock opening about Camp, uh, Gregor, uh, McMahon. All three of them went hard to the net. Somehow Skinner kept that puck out. Now, if you're a goaltender that is 160 pounds, maybe, uh, a smaller, slighter goaltender that, can't handle that traffic, can't handle the amount of uh, force coming at you, you're probably not holding the line. Uh, Stu, Stu Skinner, big guy, able to do that. Big reason why the orders won last night by a score of four to two. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we've got uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice and uh, Shana Goldman from The Athletic, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, text coming in to 1833 401 1440. A lot of people love the Queen songs, don't they? I didn't think that was going to be such and a. And
0: even just from these couple messages, it's already reminded me of some other ones that were not on the top yeah. of my mind that are right at like some of my favorites. Like, honestly. As soon as this one came in, I thought, I was like, that is actually my favorite, and it's Fat Bottom Girls. That is is such a classic. Somebody to love, love that one, too. That was Northside
2: Norm. Great evening. Last night, enjoyed dinner with Superfan Magoo before the game, and then with the win, Fat Bottom Girls to my favorite queen song, Northside Norm. Norm. We'll get to a lot of these texts uh, coming up a little bit later. Uh, your favorite Queen song after the Duke went with another one bites the dust. Uh, top of the hour. It is Mark Spector from Roger Sportsnet. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football this weekend, Saturday and Sundays at First Round, and you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.